Welcome to the City Church Cardiff podcast. We're an Elim Pentecostal church in the center of Cardiff dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired and impacted by this message. Well, we are continuing our Becoming series, and today I'm looking at the topic of becoming discerning, becoming discerning. In this series, we're looking at the life of Jesus, at different stories from the Gospels, and recognizing how we can become more like him in character and in our actions And that takes practice. It doesn't just come like that. But as we choose each day to become more like him, to grow in character that we see in the life of Jesus, then that is part of the privilege of following him, becoming more like him. So becoming discerning. Natural discernment is an ability to distinguish by use of the senses or by understanding in order to make good judgments. And this is kind of part of our everyday lives. Some of us are better at discerning than others. Some of us, for example, can read body language well. We, we know when someone is maybe nervous or disinterested or, or even lying. That's a useful tool to have. Um, some of us, perhaps as parents, We discern when our children, our young children, just need to go to bed because if you wait any longer, they're going to reach that meltdown stage and then that's a tough one to have to deal with. Some of us, if we love cooking, we know exactly how much seasoning needs to go in the pot. We we know just with the quantities. We've done it long enough to know what it needs. And perhaps some of us, if, if we're managers, we know how far to push our staff to get the best out of them without pushing them so far that they become disheartened. All of those kind of actions could be described as discernment. But today, of course, we're, we're, we're dealing with spiritual discernment, which has an added and powerful component. Spiritual discernment is an ability to distinguish by use of the physical and spiritual senses, or by understanding in order to make good judgments, but it's also in partnership with the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews 5.14, we read that solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. That's in one translation. In another translation, we read that solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So there's something there in discernment about practice. There's something about an ongoing experience to hone that discernment. And if we look at the life of Jesus, we see that he operated in incredible discernment. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and so he partnered with him in listening and then acting accordingly. He says in John 12, 49, for I did not speak in my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. In other words, he discerned the Father's voice, and then he acted, and incredible things followed. For example, we, we read in, in the Gospels when, when Jesus was faced with the Pharisees, the, the Jewish teachers of the law, and 
they wanted to try and trap him. And they said, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Now, at the time, the, the, the Romans had invaded and they were ruling over uh, the land at the time. And so they were an occupying force and there was a tension. But in that moment, Jesus spoke words of incredible wisdom that he discerned. And he said these words, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. That was a moment of discernment that meant the Pharisees didn't win. Actually, those words of wisdom discerned through the Spirit enabled the situation to change. And you and I, we partner, we can partner with the Holy Spirit too. If you're a follower of Jesus and you've experienced that, that second experience of being filled with the Spirit, then you can live a life of being led by Holy Spirit and your natural discerning goes to another level. You spiritually discern what needs to be said and done in particular situations. In John 16, verse 13, we see Jesus telling his disciples about the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives when he goes. He says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And similarly for you and I, when we're filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living in us and, and being alongside us is able to guide us, to show us, to, to lead us in incredible discernment. Now, we need to consider discernment on a few different levels. We've looked at this difference between natural discernment and spiritual discernment, but then we also need to consider how spiritual discernment might be affected by how we're doing in general in the rest of our lives, physically, emotionally, mentally. We also need to consider what uh, the significance of our words are in helping us to discern. And then we also need to consider the, the difference between general discernment that is expected of all of us as followers of Jesus and then special gifts of discernment between spirits that's given to a few. Anyway, we're going to look primarily at one story from John's Gospel, John chapter 4. It's a familiar story to many. It's the story of Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman by the well. And of course, that passage contains very familiar words about Jesus saying that the, the kind of father, the kind of worshippers that the Father is looking for are those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. But I don't want to concentrate on that today. I want to look at other aspects of the story that bring out Jesus' ability to discern, and we can learn from that. So John chapter 4, verse 5. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sichar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself and also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water 
will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. And then jumping to verse 28. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. God, we thank you for your holy and inspired word. And today we choose to open our hearts and our minds. May we be transformed by it in Jesus' name. Amen. So how can you and I become more discerning just like Jesus? Number one, discerning through your actions. We read that Jesus was physically tired from the journey. But in this story, we see that he remains spiritually active. And he took some unusual action. Let's look at it in a bit more detail. He was tired because he was traveling from Jerusalem back to Galilee, several days journey, and it was about noon. It would have been very hot. And in this moment, even though Jesus is physically spent, his spirit is strong. It reminds me of words that Jesus would say later on in the Garden of Gethsemane just before his suffering on the cross. He says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, Jesus knew what it meant for his spirit to lead, even if physically or emotionally or mentally, which Jesus would have experienced all of those things just like us, even if those things were, 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 were wearied and tired. He, he was ruled and he lived by the leading of his spirit. And in the same way, you and I at this time so need to be spirit-led as followers of Jesus. In a time when so many of us are, are commenting and feeling more tired than usual, and there are lots of different reasons for that, it's so important that we're not soulish Christians. Soulish Christians are people that are not led by the Spirit of God, but they're, they're sort of pulled and drawn by how they're feeling physically or emotionally and mentally. I see that as a pastor day in and day out. People who are not being led by the Holy Spirit, but being led by their emotions. What does it look like for you and I to be Spirit-led Christians? How can you remain spiritually active? I want to encourage you to stay in the Word. Stay reading God's Word. That is your spiritual food. It's your spiritual drink, and it will nourish you. If you feel like, oh, I, I've grown tired, or, or I've, I've grown out of the habit, get back into the habit. Come on. This is the spiritual food that you need. Stay in fellowship. Don't be somebody that, that just gives up because you can't be bothered or because you think, oh, online, I'm, I'm not interested in it anymore. The fact is, it's what we have available to us. Come on, let's not use simple, even stupid excuses like that. We've got to be people that are determined in our spirits to stay active, stay active, not give up. 
And I'm calling some of you today to be stirred in your spirits, stirred again like you haven't been for many months. Stay in fellowship. That's why it's so important that we gather together on a Sunday, even though that's online right now. And in your collectives midweek, be somebody that's willing to be open and vulnerable. Even if you feel like you don't exactly click with people, give it time. Let relationships develop over time. That's how you will remain spiritually active. And stay in prayer. Stay in prayer. Don't be somebody that that just gives up thinking, God, you've not heard my prayers before. I want you to hold on. Keep believing that God hears your prayers and that he is acting. And I want to encourage you especially to pray in tongues at this time. Praying in tongues is, is, is a spiritual language that we're given by God. When we're filled with his spirit, it's a gift that's given to us. And if you've not had that experience yet, I want, you to, encur- I want to encourage you to, to keep reaching out for that, asking that God would help you to begin speaking in tongues. And spiritually speaking in tongues will, will encourage you The Apostle Paul talks about it edifying us, building us up. It's your spirit speaking to God. So if you're feeling down, that could be a moment for you to pray in tongues. So remain spiritually active. You hear my passion in this. There's also unusual action that we see in what Jesus did here. He sat by a well and all his disciples decided to go into town to get food. I kind of find that unusual. Why did it need all of the disciples to go and get food? Were they really all that hungry and desperate? I wonder whether Jesus actually knew that he needed to be alone. He discerned that it was right that he should be there alone. Maybe he said, hey, hey guys, I just need a bit of time here on my own. I don't know. We'll have to just leave them, that one at that. But anyway, in this moment, he meets this Samaritan woman. And that in itself is unusual because he chose to engage in a conversation with a woman who was from a despised race. The Jews hated Samaritans. They they didn't have anything to do with them. So Jesus in that moment discerned that he needed to engage in conversation with a woman that would normally have been shunned by a Jewish man. And that simple question that he began with, will you give me a drink, opened the door to incredible transformation. So We need to discern through our actions by staying spiritually active and by being willing to take unusual action. Secondly, discerning through your words. Discerning through your words. We need to listen well and we need to see behind or beyond the words. You see, Jesus here in this conversation with this woman, he he didn't just talk at her. But you see from his responses, if you examine them, there's an exchange of six comments back and forth between Jesus and this woman. Jesus has listened to what the woman has said, and he's responded. And you know, our discerning will grow as we listen. You cannot discern well without listening well. And you and I need to be people that when we're in conversation with others, we're saying, God, What's happening here? What's happening here? And you see the comments that she makes. She's saying, how how can you ask me for a drink? And, And where can I get this living water? And he responds by describing the fact that he is the living water. And that if he comes to her, she'll never thirst again. The fact that he saw beyond her words 
behind her words is also very interesting. And you and I, when we're in conversations with others, we need to be asking God, 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 what's the real need in this situation? Is it just the words that someone is speaking? A friend of mine is training as a a professional counselor, and they talked about the fact that as a Christian, they are in an incredible position that with the Holy Spirit's help to, to, to hear behind the words and to sense what it is that God needs to do in that person's life. And you and I can be in the same situation where Holy Spirit reveals how and what the real need is. It might be that with a gentle redirecting of the conversation, just like Jesus did with this woman, that he was able to lead her to himself. So you can discern through your actions. You can discern through your words. And number three, discerning through revelation discerning through revelation. I believe this happens just as the Holy Spirit determines it. And also, it's, it's so that our hearts are opened and other people's hearts are opened to God. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, we see that the Holy Spirit is described as being the one who determines what spiritual gift each believer should be given. And in a similar way, I believe that the Holy Spirit determines what kind of revelation you and I should have in any given moment. By revelation, I mean a special knowledge that wouldn't have otherwise been known. In this situation, Jesus has revelation that the woman has had five previous husbands and the man that she's living with now is not her husband. Can you imagine in that moment how the woman responded? We, we, we don't get to sort of see in the words in, in, in the gospel here Uh, the kind of response of the woman exactly, but I'm pretty sure she was surprised, shocked even, that Jesus knew these things about her. We know certainly later on when she goes to the village and she says, come and meet a man who knows everything about me. And you and I, when we are in a situation of being willing to be led by the Spirit to discern When we're operating wisdom, that means that we don't necessarily just use all the knowledge that we have. And also, we're we're seeking to walk in holiness. We're seeking to walk close to God. I, I believe that Holy Spirit, at the right moment, will give us revelation as it's needed. It's not something that we sort of turn on or off like a tap. I believe the Holy Spirit determines what revelation we need for any given moment. He knows what special knowledge we need. Not for our own benefit, but so that it can bring restoration and blessing to others. I can remember a time when a lady came to one of our services, and and I sensed God speak to me about the fact that she'd lost a baby, but God was going to put new life into her. Now, in that moment, when I spoke to her, I didn't feel it was right to say those exact words. But what I did say was that she, she had lost something that was precious to her. But God was going to restore and bring new life again. And she told me later on that, indeed, she had lost a baby, but that she was now pregnant again, and she was worried about losing that baby. But as we then prayed together, She was comforted and encouraged, and a few months later, I was able to hear that she'd safely delivered a baby. Now, 
I don't tell you that story to illustrate the fact that I have it all together. I have to say those kind of experiences are pretty unusual. But I believe that as you and I are open, as, as we're, we're willing to be used by Holy Spirit, as, as we receive revelation, God is able to bring incredible transformation to people's lives and hearts. Are, are you willing, are you ready for more of that kind of revelation? And you see, when God brings special revelation to you, when he allows you to discern something that you wouldn't have known otherwise. It's not so that you look powerful. It's, it's not so that you can manipulate a situation. It's so that someone will be incredibly blessed and restored. And I love the fact that in this story, Jesus, he did not shame the woman. You see, sometimes what is revealed could bring destruction. But Jesus, knowing, having had revelation of her past, he didn't shame her. I would imagine this woman had experienced a lot of shame in her life. Let's be clear, as a woman in, in that culture, she wouldn't have pushed for those five divorces. Each of those men previously would have divorced her. And it was very possibly because she was infertile in a culture where a woman's worth was so much built upon her ability to have children then this woman probably had experienced incredible shame, but there's no shame in Jesus' voice because we see the woman's response. We see that she's not shamed. She, she's surprised and encouraged and excited by the way that Jesus speaks with her. And so when God brings revelation, it's so that someone's heart will be open to God. How wonderful when we see that take place. And the result, of course, is that she went off to her village told people, and Jesus stayed for two more days, and many people in that village came to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. Wonderful how God used that woman incredibly. So, what have we looked at today from this story in John chapter 4? We've looked at the fact that becoming discerning happens through action. It happens through action. And that will be important when we, we stay spiritually active and when we're willing to take unusual action. Discerning, becoming more discerning is about words as well. It's about listening well, and it's about seeing behind the words. And discerning also comes through revelation. When the Holy Spirit decides it's right for special understanding to be given so that someone's heart will be opened to God. Now, Jesus operated in perfect discernment. And yet for you and I, that is an ongoing story of growing day by day to become more and more like Jesus. Let me ask you, do you want to grow in discernment? I'm sure you do. But let me ask a more important question. Do you know Jesus and have you given him your life completely? If you've never made that decision to say, Jesus, I'm going to live for you every day, then I want to pray in a moment, and I'd love you to speak this prayer out. Because, you know, giving your life to Jesus, the one who loves you, the one who knows all about you, just like he knew that Samaritan woman, that's the best decision you'll ever make. And so if you know you need to make that decision today, would you pray these words with me now? Jesus... I acknowledge that I've done wrong things and that my sin has separated me from you. 
but I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Today I ask for your forgiveness and thank you for your gift of new life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I choose relationship with you and I choose to live for you. Please come into my heart and change my life now and forevermore. Amen. If you've made that decision today for the first time or as a a meaningful recommitment, I'm so pleased for you. I want to ask you to do something practically. Would you go to our church website, citychurchcardiff.com forward slash next. And on that page, you're able to leave your contact details and, and a staff member from our church will get in touch with you. And we want to then be able to help you to take the next steps in growing in your faith. And for those who right now are saying, Jesus, I want to be more discerning, then would you like to pray this prayer with me as we close? It's a prayer simply reminding us what we have considered today. Speak these out with me. Jesus, I want to become more discerning like you. I want to grow in willingness, wisdom, and holiness. Help me to discern through action even if what you want is unusual. Help me to discern through words by listening well and seeing behind the words. Help me to discern through revelation as Holy Spirit shows me and may people's hearts be open and drawn to you. For your glory, amen. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.